Thank you, everyone. So you notice in the bulletin this morning that uh, the title to the message is blank. Well, there are two reasons for that. One, I did the bulletin right before I got on the plane to go to Mexico, and I did not have any idea what the message would be this morning. The second is... <coughs> I wanted the experience of the week to inform my message this morning. And I think the readings that have just been spoken do that in several ways. We have the people of Israel who have uh, rebelled against God and God is, pro is telling Amos to prophesy against Israel and the king Jeroboam is, is up in arms about it because how dare you prophesy against Israel? And yet Amos persists and said, no, it's as the Lord says. When you go against God, you run the risk of the consequences of going against God. And then the gospel lesson that Bobby read out of Luke is the story of the Good Samaritan. And we know the story, and I'm not going to preach on it this morning, but it's applicable in that we often have this view of our southern neighbors, Mexico and, and beyond, as not really worthy of our assistance, of our help. And yet... When you're in the midst of that kind of poverty, you see why they want to come here so badly and will almost do anything to come here. Now, I don't advocate illegal immigration, never have, never will. But I think what we were trying to accomplish the week that last week when I was down there was why can't we take our vast knowledge and resources and go to them and teach them how to do it better? Because they're willing to learn was my experience. They want to know. And so we have a calling that God has called us to, all of us as the church, and the question that Paul asks us in the epistle is, are we acting in a way that's worthy of our calling? And so I want to kind of look at that aspect of it this morning. In Colossians, in the first chapter, Paul starts out with, like he does most of his letters to the churches, with this salutation. And Paul's salutations are like no one else's. I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, with Timothy, my brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. That's a great opening. In other words, I'm not coming to you because I, Paul, am the expert. I'm coming to you because by the will of God, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ and I have something to say 
through me from him. So these are the first two verses of Paul's letter. I've been sent on special assignment by Christ, he's saying. As part of God's master plan, together with my friend Timothy, and I'm greeting you Christians, followers of Christ who live in Colossae, and I wish you every good thing from God our Father. See, he asserts that his calling is individual, it's personal, and it's special. And that's not just true for Paul, that's True for each of us. Each of us as believers is called individually and God has a ministry and a mission and a purpose for each of us in the kingdom as a valuable member of the body of Christ. Do you know what your purpose is? Have you explored your mission and ministry? Have you discerned what special gifts the Holy Spirit has given you? And have you taken steps to put those gifts to work for the advancement of the kingdom of God, which is here and now, not just something to hope for in the future? In verse 3 in in Colossians 1, Paul says, In our prayers for you, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all his people. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Paul continues, you have heard of his, this hope in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it, the gospel, is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among you from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. He says, this you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he's made known to us your love in the Spirit. Here Paul is is building up to his, his people, Epaphras, who was the pastor at the church in Colossae. What's he saying in those few verses, three through five? Well, he's saying our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgiving. We just can't quit thanking God, our Father, and Jesus, our Messiah, for you. Incidentally, he's saying that not just to the church in Colossae, because we know this this letter is timeless. It was meant for every church, every congregation, everywhere. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continually extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never go slack. Tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. That's an interesting image, isn't it? The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack. Tied tightly as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. And then verses 5 through 8. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. Not even over 2,000 plus years. It's the same all over the world. 
The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger, just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ, Paul says. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love has been working into your lives by the Spirit. Those are some pretty good words of encouragement. See, Paul praises and thanks God for this congregation at Colossae. And by extension, he is praising and thanking God for this congregation at Countryside. And he's praising you for your steadfast faith and for your continued growth in Christ. And I think we internally need to take some time to do that. We need to take some time this morning to thank God for this congregation here at Countryside. Now, small though we may be this morning with so many people out, we need to still praise God for his continued work through you, this congregation. And acknowledge the faithfulness that you have. The hunger for the Lord that you have. We need to say thank you God for those of you who are faithful to attend regularly. We need to thank God for those of you who understand that generous giving to this community is not because God needs the money. But because we need you and I need the spiritual benefit and blessing of having a compassionate, generous, giving heart. You see, it's never been about the money. Yeah, the church uses the money to keep the lights on and to pay the pastor and to uh, make sure that we have everything that the church needs to operate. Of course. But that's not the point. Paul says the point is that it's a spiritual gift to you, a spiritual benefit to you to exercise the compassion muscle that beats in your chest. So you have the opportunity to be blessed in return. So we need to thank God for those of you who come to Bible study. So that you can be equipped to do the mission and ministry to which God has called you. We need to thank God for those of you who do the business of the church. And we will see many around the table this afternoon to do just that. We need to thank God for those of you who serve the community and food pantry or, or who gather gifts for Christmas angels or who spend time knitting prayer squares and prayer shawls. Those who are willing to be readers and to serve as ushers, who, who participate in the worship service in some capacity, play the piano, lead the choir. Those who serve as lay servants. Those who do landscaping. Those who make sure that the church is always set for worship. Those who go out and visit 
members of our congregation who are sick, who, who pray for the congregation, those who pray for the community, those who teach the kids when they come in, those who are willing to go sit in the nursery when we have visitors with children, and on and on and on for the honor and glory of God the Father, His Son, Jesus, by the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says we thank God for you. Thank God for you. If you don't feel appreciated. Paul is saying you are appreciated. The Holy Scripture says you are appreciated. Your labor, your work, your vision, your whatever it is you do in this congregation. Is appreciated by God. It, he says so in his word. And so Paul continues in verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom you have redemption and forgiveness of sins. What a blessing. I mean, you, you do understand the concept. I mean, the, the little hairs are standing up on the back of my neck. Paul Speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaking by inspiration of God, telling us that God appreciates your calling, appreciates your worship. And the result of that is that God has rescued us. From these dead end alleys and dark dungeons, he's set us up in the kingdom of the son that he loves so much. The son who got us out of the pit that we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating and blessed us as his children and heirs to the kingdom. How do we continue to grow in this faith? How do we remain faithful at all? How do we remain steadfast in our mission, our ministry, our calling? How do we keep on course? How do we continue to live lives and do good works and honor and glorify God as his church? In other words, how do we continue to be worthy of his acknowledgement, of his praise, of his Thanks for your service. 
Well, if we take Paul's example here, it's clear that we must pray. Prayer is the most powerful weapon in our arsenal against the powers and principalities which come against us and our mission and our ministry in the world. There's a story in Mark, in the ninth chapter. There's an account of Jesus healing a boy of a demon after the disciples couldn't. Disciples cast out a lot of demons in their time of ministry with Jesus. But this particular one, even though they'd been given the authority to cast out demons, this one they just couldn't seem to get rid of. Mark writes, when they came down, back down the mountain to the other disciples, they saw a huge crowd around them and the religion scholars cross-examining them. And as soon as the people in the crowd saw Jesus, admiring excitement stirred them. They ran and greeted him. And he asked, what's going on? What's all the commotion? And a man out of the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my mute son made speechless by a demon to you. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth and he goes stiff as a board. I told your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they couldn't. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? You can almost see Jesus. Uh. How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. And they brought him. When the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. He asked the boy's father, how long has this been going on? Ever since he was a little boy, many times it pitches him into fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if. There are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, Then I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Seeing that the crowd was forming fast, Jesus gave the vile spirit its marching orders. Dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, out of him and stay out. Screaming and with much thrashing about, it left. The boy was pale as a corpse. So people started saying, He's dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him, and the boy stood up. After arriving back home, his disciples cornered Jesus and asked, Why couldn't we throw the demon out? He answered, There's no way to get rid of this kind of demon except by prayer. See, we have this attitude, when all else fails, pray, right? That's the way we often approach our circumstances, isn't it? And so Paul reminds us, why do we reserve the most powerful weapon in our arsenal for last instead of praying continually 
for the protection and the will of God to be made manifest in our lives. Instead of praying when everything else has failed, pray first to intervene in the failure. See, the disciples lived with, they ate with, they walked with, they studied with their teacher, Jesus, for three years. And they were given authority to heal the sick and cast out demons. Yet it went, when it came to this particular demon, only prayer would send it packing. In similar fashion, it's not enough for us to know who Jesus is, to know his word, to know his teaching. We have to tap into the power that moves mountains, that smooths out the rough places, that raises the valleys, that heals the sick, raises the dead, provides restoration and redemption. We have to plug into the Holy Spirit power. And the way we do that is through prayer. So my prayer for you is much like Paul's. May you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. As you bear fruit in every good work, as you grow in the knowledge of God. And may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. All honor and glory be to God the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit.